What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, Blue Wire listeners. I'm Greg Olson. I'm excited to partner with Blue Wire to bring you TE1 a podcast where I interview the tight ends who have revolutionized the position. Listen in as I have raw, in-depth conversations with the all-time greats like Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. We'll explore how the tight end position has changed over the last 60 years and what it takes to be the very best. Subscribe to TE1 from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere. The Boston Celtics select Jason Tatum from Duke University. Brown on the break for the Celtics. Goes around the world. Oh, the circus came into Boston. Walker for three. Kemba Walker from downtown. Tatum drives down. Let's roll it down. Wow. Rebound. Gordon Hayward for two. Gordon Hayward with a corner crash. No block out. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Geno Time Podcast here on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We are brought to you by Bet Online. My name is Tom Westerholm, Celtics beat writer for MassLive.com. I am joined by Nicole Yang of the Boston Globe. Nicole, how are you? Again, Tom, racking my brain to find something interesting, and then you finished, and I, I have nothing to say, but I'm pretty good, I guess. How are it's you? The same, it's the same rhythm and cadence every time, so it's not like I'm ending abruptly. And, uh, <laughs> So we have, a, we have kind of a cool episode for you guys today. We were joined by Celtics big man Ennis Cantor. But first, we want to talk a little bit about the Celtics, maybe a little bit about the scrimmages, and first and foremost, the pretty cool jerseys that they just tweeted out. Looks like we've got you know, some Black Lives Matter. We've got some Love Us. We've got some Liberation. Pretty cool. Nicole, what, are your, what, what do you think of them? Obviously, that we just got a chance to look at them, so we're both kind of scrolling here. Well, so one, oh, I was about to say something really stupid. I was like, one, the images they tweeted are black and white, but I realized that was a camera effect and that the jerseys aren't actually black and white. Well, so I just texted Celtics PR and asked if the jerseys are black and white. So I don't actually know if they are black okay. and white or not. Maybe they are black and white. I guess that's to be confirmed. Maybe yeah. um, we'll be able to confirm that within our recording. But if they are, that's really cool. Wasn't expecting that at all. If they aren't, regardless, looks like everybody chose a message. Like you said, you read some of them. Jalen Brown had been considering the idea of putting nothing, sort of like Jimmy Butler, as a way to raise awareness and show that like, if we weren't at this point, speaking from their perspective, then we would be just like any other Black man. So again, who am I to judge the league's um, initiatives here? But initially, I was like, oh, this is kind of like vanilla, whatever. But I think it could actually be really cool to see a full court of like five and five basketball with jerseys that have like messages on the back. I don't know. It's not anything like substantive that it's changing, but these are cool. It is going to be kind of powerful, I think, I hope, to see instead of Tatum over the zero to see Black Lives Matter or to see instead of Brown to see Liberation. These, these are pretty cool. 
I think that it will be, you know, again, these are not policy changes or, you know, anything along those lines. I hope that it, that it will, you know, help at least spread the message. And I think it will be pretty powerful to see them with these messages on the back of their jerseys and playing on a court that literally says Black Lives Matter on it. I'm curious to see what else the Celtics plan to do. We asked Ennis this question and he said they've been talking about it, but they haven't come to like a determination yet. But I'm excited. Which he might have just not wanted to tell us. They may have come to a determination. (laughs) Which is probably likely. Entirely fair and good and everything, yes. It should be hopefully a night where they feel like, even though, like you said, they want material change, they want results. But hopefully it's a night where they feel like they still centered these initiatives and these causes that they've been fighting to make change in. So I'm looking forward to it. I think the one other thing that we, sh- we should at least touch on before we get to our interview with Ennis, Tuesday's scrimmage was less, I would say, serious. All the starters plus Ennis plus Marcus all sat out. Predictably, the Celtics got trucked. Uh, was there anything that stood out to you from that in terms of the young guys who played or um, a- anything in particular that you noticed? So obviously the play that went viral was Carson Edwards dunking over James Harden, like against James and Westbrook. That was pretty neat. Blew by Westbrook and then dunked all over James Harden. Because Carson is from Houston, I think that that probably meant a little bit more to him because he's talked about Harden before. But yeah, so that was obviously, I think, the most notable play. I thought it was interesting to still bring Grant off the bench. But I wonder whether that was maybe in part to try and keep him in his rhythm of coming off the bench because that's going to be his role come playoffs, come the seeding games and stuff. So I wonder if that was just to keep things consistent for him because naturally the inclination would be like, start Grant, obviously, especially in Houston, like a small ball environment. For sure. And I mean, I think there's some of that too in why Carson Edwards, I think, played pretty well. He's a guy who loves, like, it just makes him more comfortable when he's got the green light and he had the green light yesterday. And you could see the difference in his confidence. Like he had shots from like mid-range, he was hitting threes, like he, he had the big dunk, obviously. He, he had a nice game. Sometimes it, it's, it's easier to play a role that you're definitely not going to play in the playoffs. I think they probably didn't want to take Grant out of his rhythm because he actually is going to be a part of the rotation. He actually is going to be somebody who gets real minutes. The only other thing that I took away was I don't think Romeo Langford is ready for playoff minutes, but man, I think he's going to be pretty good. He does a lot of things where I'm just like, that was nice. Like he shook Eric Gordon with a crossover yesterday. And I think he got, he either got fouled or there was like a foul called on somebody else on the play. You know, he's very smooth. He's very skilled. Brad likes to talk about his feel for the game. He's clearly got a lot of, a lot of feel. It's going to be really hard to play playoff basketball after not playing much during the regular season. Playoff basketball is completely different. It is intense. Every single possession matters. There is no room for error. There's no room for throwing the ball away. There is no room for taking a bad shot. I think Romeo's got kind of an uphill battle that way. But I I think that what we've seen from the scrimmages, I mean, their scrimmages, I'm really impressed. I I think Romeo's going to be really good. And I feel a little validated for thinking that he was going to be good. (laughs) Independent of the rookies, I think it's going to be hard for everyone to just acclimate to playoff basketball really quickly. Like this condensed timeline, within less than a month, they're playing these three scrimmages and eight seeding games. A lot of people were like, the Celtics can reach that second seed. They have an easier schedule than the Raptors. I'm getting the impression, and I think others are too, that like, Brad doesn't give like two craps about these seeding games. He is just like really, really focused on getting them ramped up. So on August 17th, they are ready to go and play like playoff level basketball. No, I agree. I think that it speaks to how confident Brad is in the Celtics when they are fully healthy. 
that, that he isn't trying to avoid Philadelphia. And honestly, it would be hard to like game that out anyway yeah. at this point because Philly and Indy are literally like tied. Like Indiana just has the tiebreaker right now. So it would be it would be really hard to game that out. So he might as well just keep everybody healthy and let the chips fall where they may and play the team that they end up playing. Like I think that's smart. For the Celtics to have any chance, like you said, they need to be healthy. Right, exactly. So it's just not worth it to go all out and risk an injury or something like that. Like, that's why we've seen them be so careful with Kemba Walker, much to everybody's consternation. Like, everybody's really scared of what's going on. They're just being careful. They're just trying to preserve the 30-year-old knees of a, of, a, of a guy who's struggled with knee problems all year. And Brad Stevens went on the radio today and said that Kemba's knee is, like, the strongest it's been since he arrived in Boston in September. Uh, we have a, an update, courtesy of Celtics PR, that it's just a design element they used. It's not the actual jerseys. Shout out to Celtics PR for passing that along. Is there anything else that you wanted to touch on before we get into our conversation with Ennis? Yes, Tom. So we are giving away a Jalen Brown bobblehead. It's very easy to enter. All you have to do is rate Geno Time five stars and write us a review. Apologies that we are being like shamelessly self-promotional right now. but I don't apologize one bit. The reviews and ratings really help our podcast, so we really appreciate it, and obviously we appreciate all the listeners we have, so we just sort of wanted to find like a fun way to engage with everybody. After you leave the review, all you have to do is screenshot it, and then you can reply to us on Twitter, DM us, email it to us just so we have it, and then we will randomly select a winner in a week, so we'll announce it in our next Thursday episode. And if you want an extra shot at it, you still have to leave the review. You still have to screenshot it. You still have to DM it to us. But then if you tweet about the podcast, if you either quote tweet us or you send out a tweet on your own and make sure you tag us, we will enter you a second time. So super easy. We'll ship it out to you. We'll DM the winner once they're selected. Obviously, if you have any questions, DM us. Any suggestions for the show, obviously, always DM us. All right, we're going to take a quick break, hear from our sponsors, and when we come back, we will have our interview with Celtics big man, Ennis Cantor. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is finally kicking off this week, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champ Robert Horry. See what they had to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. And remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. Bet Online, your online wagering experts. Have you ever heard of DealDash.com? It's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you'd never expect at a price you'd never believe. They have over a thousand auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. Here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every, time, every item starts at $0 and only goes up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that the auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. If you go ahead and buy now, DealDash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon sign-up on top of their other discounts. Go to DealDash.com and use the offer code GINO or DealDash.fm slash GINO. That's D-E-A-L-D-A-S-H dot F-M slash GINO. 
Well, so Ennis, to start, I was just wondering if there was any updates on your dad. I think I saw you shared a video that he has been released, but what's the latest with him? Um, he has been released uh, finally after, you know, uh, seven years in and out of jail and the Turkish courts. But uh, if the travel ban is off right now, obviously they would love to just come here in, in America and start living here. The latest is just right now we are just waiting to see if the travel ban is lifted or not. So I think it would be amazing just to see him here again and just, you know, just live in America and he's going to be able to come to my games and everything. So it'll be very, very exciting. Have you been able to talk to him yet or not yet because he's still in Turkey? Uh, he's still in Turkey, so not yet. But uh, I talked to my brother. Okay. You know, they said that like he's doing good. He's very happy. And I mean, he's, he feels very blessed to you know, just be finally free again, has his uh, freedom again. So they're definitely a huge blessing to have him out. Like, so the travel ban is like into the United States right now, right? Due to coronavirus? Uh, no, not that. It's outside of the Turkey. It's not because of the coronavirus thing. It's because of the, you know, if the Turkish government said, okay, you're free, but you're not allowed to leave the country. Sometimes they said that, you know, so like the, it's not because of the coronavirus, it's because of what Turkish courts or Turkish government is deciding and saying, okay, we're going to give you your freedom, but you're not allowed to leave the country. I mean, because like there are so many people out there that they free them and then they put them back in prison for literally no reason. So they don't want them to leave the country. Uh, so we still don't know if the travel ban is, you know, lifted or not. So we're just uh, waiting. So there is a chance that they might put him in prison or that they might bring him to the uh, court again. So we have uh, no idea. So is that part of the reason why you have to be, you know, kind of careful? I mean, I'm never careful. That's a know, strong I, point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, in a, about any situation, I just speak out my, uh, my mind, you know, because like the reason people are asking me is like, you know, just like keep, keep it quiet till he gets here. But like, He's just one. There are so many of them in the jail right now. So I'm going to keep talking about it no matter what. Do you have anybody coming to the bubble, do you think, once friends and family are allowed? <laughs> I don't really have anybody. Because <laughs> uh, like my brother is in Spain, uh, so he's not going to be able to come here. My sister's still back in Turkey. My mom and dad still back in Turkey. So I don't really have anybody here. But uh, yeah, it's just me, myself, and I. That's it. <laughs> This might be a weird question, but do you feel like because of that, you are more mentally prepared for a period like this, like three months away? Yeah, I think so. I'm, I mean, I'm always by myself most of the time. Right now, I mean, I feel like this is like the most, the safest place on earth for me, not just because of the coronavirus, because of all the threats and everything, you know? So little bit we have uh, security guards everywhere. So right now it's just, we're just gonna, uh, all we have to do, all I have to do is just go out and play basketball. So, I mean, uh, I'm not complaining at all. This is like the, my, you know, best that I, I, I'm living because like when we are back in Boston, it's just like you're stuck in your little apartment or, or your house and you have nothing to do. Just watch TV. But right now you can hang out with your teammates and, you know, just go to eat, eat with them, swim or play uh, volleyball, uh, whatever. So I think it just, I'm living my best life. So it's, it's been uh, fun. Everybody's made a big deal about, you know, the swimming and all that kind of stuff. I wanted to ask like specifically, like how, how does that come together? Like did, were you and Marcus trash talking? Like can you take us through how that race came together? So me and Marcus always trash talk to each other because Marcus is pretty much good at everything. I have not, <laughs> I haven't seen anything that he's not good at, right? So like every time, like the wrestling, 
I always trash talk him and he beat me. He beats me. I, I, I posted an even video out there or swimming or bike riding or, you know, just anything on the court, even post-ups, you know? So I was like trying to like trash talk to him. And I feel like I've been in the Celtics uh, one year, almost one year now, one season. And that's, that's like the first thing that I beat him in something, you know? I was so happy. You have no idea. I was talking trash to him the whole time. Well, like Marcus, man, good teammate, good people just to be around. So, but um, I was happy that I, I beat him. Do you have like a good amount of experience swimming? Like, were you pretty confident oh, yeah. that you could beat him? Oh, yeah, for, for, for sure. Because like, in, in Turkey, I remember I was just literally going to swimming almost every day. You know, my dad and uh, uh, my mom was taking me and my brothers and sister to, uh, to a lake. I was like, I think it was like the biggest lake in Turkey and one of the biggest lake in, in, in the world, actually. Uh, where I grew up, east side of Turkey, called uh, Van Lake, V-A-N. So like, I, I grew up swimming. I, I was pretty confident that I could beat him. But I, I mean, I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Mark is good at everything. So I don't know. <laughs> he might have a chance. What other types of like competitions have there been in the bubble so far? Um, I did play pool, uh, a lot of golf. I actually have a video of Taco playing golf, but I don't know if I should post that or not. Oh, man. <laughs> you should definitely post that. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, I mean, we just, I'm actually like, they trying to like, they trying to teach me how to throw a uh, football. Because I'm obviously, I didn't grow up playing football. So like the, the, the other day we were in a pool, it was me, Javante, Shimmy, Tice, and Frenchie, uh, Vincent, I call him Frenchie. Uh, Vincent. So like, uh, obviously, the Europeans don't know how to throw a football. Me, Thais, and Frenchie. So, like, the, the, all the Americans, like, uh, Shimmy, Marcus, Javante was teaching us how to throw a football. Like, this is how you're going to hold it. This is how you're going to throw it and stuff. So, like, I'm, I'm actually just trying to just learn how to throw a football. But it, it, it's, it's been uh, fun. How'd it go? I don't know. It's not, not the best. Because, like, it's so weird. Because <laughs> when I throw it, when they throw, it goes, like, perfect. When I throw it, it just like spins all over the, all over around, you know. So it's, I'm, I'm learning. So it's a process. Who's got the best arm on the, uh, of, of the people that you've played with? I think I'd probably say Javante is pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Javante's I know he used to play there. football. So that makes sense. Oh, he did really? Sense. I, I, I didn't, I did not know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He played in high school. Yeah. Okay. Um, how'd it go on the golf course? I, I was not actually in the golf. I was like FaceTime and Taco. <laughs> and Taco gave me, <laughs> Taco gave me his phone to one of our uh, assistant coach. And he actually, like, hit the golf, golf ball pretty good. I, I was shocked because, like, obviously the, the gloves are not, you know, not big enough for him and stuff. But his form was perfect and hit the ball. I was, I was pretty shocked that he, how good he, uh, he played. Obviously, the food was, like, a major talking point when everybody uh -huh. arrived in the bubble. Like, how does that work exactly? Like, do they just bring food to your door for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? And then you can order more food if you'd like? Like, how does that work? So the first, probably, like, first two, the two days that we were quarantining in our room, they had, like, they were bringing food to in our, in our room. After that, uh, we were going downstairs and everybody had this special bag that their, their name is on it, you know, because everybody has like the special dietary restrictions, like shimmy is vegan or some people don't eat meat or some people don't eat, you know, some people eat like gluten-free, whatever. So everybody has a, a special meal. I mean, a lot of people, like, I mean, not from us, obviously, but like other teams were just complaining about the food was not the best. That's what they were saying. I mean, we, we, Celtics were good. But then I think the last week, the last probably five, six days, they changed everything. Now we have like open buffet that, you know, just you can just literally just get whatever you want. 
Were you surprised just because there was so much complaining early on? Were you kind of surprised that everything was pretty good? I mean, listen, man, there's so many people out there you know, fighting against the hunger. So, like, I was not complaining at all. For me, I'll, I'll pretty much, you know, eat anything if it's, like, healthy and it's good for me. Um, but, um, I mean, like, we we are here for one reason, to win a championship. So, like, we're not going to, especially the Celtics, we're not going to let anything distract them. The food, the rooms, the stay, the quarantine, whatever. You know, we're only going to be here for two, three months. And... This is not the worst case scenario. Like, you know, obviously we can be uh, somewhere else out of the world. That you know, I I think like it was Stephen Adams was got got the same question, and he's like, "Mate, this is not Syria. We should be all you know blessed." <laughs> I was like, "Oh my God!" Although we should be all thankful, man, to be in the situation. So I mean, we're all good. Was there anything in particular when you were packing that you brought? Like, I know Gordon obviously had to bring his gaming system. Marcus Saul brought his espresso machine. Like, what types Uh of things were important to you to have in the bubble? Uh, I brought a lot of books, obviously, because, like, the time here is not going to go the the fastest. So, like, I brought uh, my books. I was actually – so I'm I'm actually thinking about maybe get on some, like, you know, uh, some gaming with my teammates. Uh, but I'm still not sure because I still feel like it's like a waste of time. So I just I just cannot sit on my sit on front of the PlayStation play uh, video games all day. But other than that, I think just like I got my Netflix account, I got my books, you know. But I think like I just don't want to stay in my room the whole time. You know, I feel like it's like the best time to just go out there and hang out with your teammates. So like I'm trying to like do a lot of activities with them, hang out with them all, all, all the time. So like I think like the best thing you can bring is just your shorts your flip-flops and your t-shirt that's it what are you reading and what's been maybe the best thing that you've read over the last year uh, i'm trying to think like i did brought a lot of turkish food because i always like speak so much like english and like whenever now i talk like turkish like my turkish is like broken you know i can just like <laughs> no seriously like i forgot i even forgot words uh, sometimes so i try to like, read uh, lots of uh, uh, turkish book but there is one book actually especially this uh, quarantine time um, you know, I think it was Coach Brad Stevens uh, gave it to us. Uh, leader, leaders eat less, and it was a, like a pretty good uh, leadership book, but pretty good uh, motivational book. So I like that a lot. Who on the team are some of like the big readers? Um, I'm a Shimi. Shimi reads Bible mm-hmm. a lot. Obviously, I'm trying to think who else. I, 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 actually, yesterday I saw uh, Min Sun was uh, carrying a book upstairs. I'm like, wow, you read. And he's like, yeah, I read. <laughs> and it was, a, it was an English book. But uh, other than that, I have trying to see who else reads it pretty much. I haven't really seen anything. They're just like really into playing games or you know, whatever. What about on Netflix? What have you been watching? Oh, man. So there's this one show called Dirty Money. I don't know if you all watched it. Yes, I it's so it good. Yes. The other, actually, is, is, it's not a show. It's kind of like a big, like a long movie called The 13th. 13th. I don't know if you guys have heard that before. It's a pretty good one. If you guys have a chance, you guys can check it out. It talks about like the uh, just you just just watch it. I don't want to bring no controversy right now. Controversy right now. You just can You guys need to watch it. But it's it's a pretty good one. I you know I used to watch Money Haze. Um, I stopped watching it uh, for like a couple of months ago. Maybe I might need to start that again because it was actually really good. Like, if you don't mind me asking, just like this moment in kind of American history, it feels like a lot of things are moving really quickly. And I'm just kind of curious, like what 
your impression is of it as somebody who, you know, is obviously immersed in, you know, global politics and, and who's kind of seen, you know, things happening in other countries as well? I mean, probably like the last uh, one or two months, America's really having a very rough time. You know, obviously you can just, whenever you turn on the news, you, you just get it, you can't see it. But, uh, you know, but, but other than that, I feel like there's so much negative news out there because like right now we only have like one enemy to beat and it's the coronavirus. Uh, the other enemy to beat is racism. But like whenever you turn on the news, there's always like people attacking each other. This side is attacking the other side, the other side is attacking this side. I feel like this is like the this is the time that we should just unite and see okay what can we do together instead of blaming uh, things to each other. So like it, that definitely makes me sad because like sometimes people forget what the real goal is. The real goal should be how can we make this country better together. You know, like the doesn't matter you're Republican, doesn't matter you're Democrat or this and that. Like we should unite to make this country better because there's so many, you know, like I said, again, like I turn on the news, you know, both sides, it's just like keep attacking each other. I understand uh, most of the time, like some of the people, uh, I'm not gonna, I don't wanna give any names, but some of the, the things that they do is just like, you're like, really? Like literally during this pandemic, you're doing this? You know, <laughs> this is just wild. I don't wanna give any names, but you guys know. Uh, but like, still, I feel like, we just need to just come to, together, unite, and see what, how, what can we do uh, against this, you know, just against uh, coronavirus. How can we beat it together or, or racism, you know, just like all the social justice issues. I actually said that on a social media and in, in, in our team meeting, like this, it cannot be about black against white. This is like, this is everyone against racism. You know, so like, I feel like we should just, you know, get together and uh, just have one main goal. Speaking of the social justice initiatives, have you guys decided what you would like to do Friday? We did have, we did, uh, they did have a meeting with all the uh, players a couple of days ago. They're still discussing and talking about what can we do. So, you know, because obviously that to me, basketball is secondary in this bubble. Right now there's something bigger uh, happening going on than basketball. And I feel like this is like an amazing platform because like the whole world is hungry for sport. Uh, and, you know, just whole eyes will be uh, on NBA. So I feel like we can literally uh, bring so much attention to whatever we want, you know? So I feel like it's a really good opportunity. So like, we just need, we just need to decide what, what are we going to do and just, you know, just do it as a team or just do it together. And you're choosing to put freedom on the back of your jersey. We've seen you write freedom on your shoes throughout the regular season. But for those who don't know, can you sort of just capture that decision and why freedom obviously is so important to you? I put freedom not just because of issues are happening in America or Turkey, but throughout the whole world. There are so many people out there. Uh, they're fighting for their freedom, fighting for their rights. So I feel like that my jersey will represent those people and those countries throughout the whole world that fight them for what's right. So, I mean, it's, it's really important because like I grew up inside of, uh, inside of uh, Turkey. And when I was growing up, people really, uh, people did not respect each other. People did, did not respect the different cultures, religions or uh, skin uh, colors. And even back then I knew something was wrong, you know, even like when I was a little kid. And after I came to America, uh, it was back in 2000, uh, two, two, 2009, and 
just I just saw like the, the what freedom of speech means or religion means or freedom of expression means. And like the, the respect I got from my teammates, it was just so amazing, you know? And uh, so that's why one of the biggest reasons that I wanted to put the freedom of uh, back on my jersey. This is very off topic, but I wanted to ask you, I was, I was just curious, have, have you kept in touch with Coach Cal at all? Oh, yeah. He texted me actually a couple of days ago and I said, good game. Oh, really? And, yeah. Oh, yeah. He actually texted me a couple of days ago and said, good game. Uh, because, I mean, obviously, I did not play for, uh, I couldn't, I would say, I couldn't play for the Kentucky, but I'm still, I still feel like I'm part of their family. And he actually gets mad every time whenever the ESPN puts there is only, you know, uh, say like, say 25 uh, Kentucky players in the league but literally there is 26 you know because they don't count me as a Kentucky player and he always gets mad I'm like no there's 26 NBA but Kentucky players in NBA but uh no he's he's a very good man he's definitely one of the biggest reasons that I am uh here you know because I mean I just couldn't play bad when I couldn't play basketball he told me like listen if you want to go back to Europe you can but you're still part of our family if you want to stay here um you can become an uh you know, just an assistant coach so you could practice with the team because NCA told me I'm not even allowed to practice with the team anymore. So, like, uh, it was it was tough because, like, I literally left so much money on the table to just come here and play college basketball. And when they say I'm permanently ineligible, that hurt a lot. Did you have a sense, because I, I don't remember exactly, like, where the NCAA was at at that point, but were you, uh, like, were, were you aware that you were going to be ineligible? Did you have a good sense that you were going to be ineligible, or was that kind of a surprise when you got over here? I mean, no, because, like, it was just, like, living all that money to just come here, go to school, and play basketball at the same time. You know, that was, that was my dream, to just become a college, you know, college player. And I actually, we even, like, I even uh, offered NCAA, it's like, okay, let me sit my first year and play my second year. I mean, that should show something. That should be like, I, wanna, I don't want to be just one and done. I want to just play college basketball. They said no. And what crazy was, what crazy was so was because same time, Cam Newton was having a problem with uh, NCAA 2. Yeah. And he said, my dad took the money. I didn't take the money. And they said, okay, you can play. And I'm like, I was younger than him. And I was not even 18. And I literally, I did not take the money. My dad took the money. And they just put it in the bank. And they said, okay, to whom? But they said no to me. I'm like, this is just, this is just so frustrating. You know, I was just like, I just, I just couldn't uh, believe it. I even said it on an interview. NCA is like a dictatorship. Them making billions and billions of dollars, but you cannot even buy a, a college athlete at a dinner or a lunch. I'm like, what kind of stuff is that? You know, so I was just uh, pretty mad. Definitely. Do you have an opinion on like, obviously, you know, players getting paid and, or, you know, their rights to their own, you know, licenses and that kind of thing. Uh, what, what's kind of your take on that situation? I mean, like, like I said, again, the, the, like the NCAA itself making billions. Exactly. And the college players are like, you know, just like you can't even buy them. A, forget about getting paid. Like you can't even buy them a, a gum or a chocolate or anything, something small, you know, like this is, it just BS. That's what I would say. But um, I mean, look, I feel like the, the college basketball will go down because of that, because like now, like if the rule changes, if it goes like straightly from high school, then they know none of the players will, will want to go, go play for the college basketball, you know? So like, 
they they got what they deserve in the future, I think. Last thing for you here, when, before you guys came to the bubble, you guys had, you know, the Larry O'Brien trophy that you guys got a chance to, you know, to look at and yeah. everything. Like, it, that was pretty close to when you guys left for the bubble. Did they kind of give you guys, like, a, a speech about, like, hey, we're, you know, we're all going to, to Disney World. We're trying to, you know, accomplish this one big goal. Or, or how did that kind of come about? I still remember, like, that day, uh, Wick, our owner, uh, brought, I think, he, I think he holds it in his house, the trophy. So he brought that trophy in a Arbeck uh, center practice facility and it was just sitting there uh, I was like man you know let me just take a picture with it whatever so I took a picture with it I put it back he came uh, and I told him like hey that's a nice trophy I took a picture with it he looked at me he smiled and said go get your own I'm like wow okay <laughs> I'm like sure watch watch uh, but it, it, it just it just fun man because like I mean, because it was the 2008 uh, trophy and just like there was so much history behind that trophy. So I think it was like an extra motivation just right before we lived for the bubble, you know. And then for him to go uh, tell me and say, go, go get your own. I'm like, <laughs> it was like a, it was like a goal for me, you know. Uh, so it, it's going to be fun. I mean, and we have a really, really good uh, chance. All right. Well, I think we can leave it there. Oh, we yeah, did. Uh, sure. Nicole, did you want to? Did you did you want to ask about the uh, the jeans? <laughs> Anis, do you see? Do you see on Twitter like fans will talk about your jeans? I do. That's so weird. <laughs> I still don't understand why. Because like <laughs> even like my teammates sometimes, or like even like like the trainers and stuff, they're like they look at me like, what happened? Like, did you get attacked by a dog? <laughs> you know it's like what, what happened it's like let's get you some money so we can buy some jeans or whatever but like it's turkish swag man you know i mean i'm not gonna even bother uh for the critical so i'm just gonna uh live my own life you know so it's a so it was a turkish swag thing it is a turkish swag. i mean like it's like the, the thing is like sometimes they don't understand like you go to europe right uh, like a lot of people wear that kind of those kind of jeans and uh <laughs> americans really don't uh used to seeing those jeans uh on a man so whenever <laughs> i come in and they always like wow that's interesting <laughs> that's interesting but like right now i only thing i brought is like is a uh, you know sweatpants and shorts and i actually brought two jeans with me but i'm, I'm gonna be wearing them did you bring gotcha. those jeans yeah, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not gonna wear them though. Okay. It might be like it's a little too hot out. Fair, fair. <laughs> that, that makes sense. All right, Anis. Well, thanks again, man. We really appreciate you coming on. And anytime you wanna, anytime you wanna hop on, we'd love to have you. Yeah, for sure, man. At Simple Mobile, you get the no contract advantage. Those other mobile companies make you think you're in control, but you're really not. Simple Mobile is different. You can get a powerful nationwide 5G network all without a contract. It's the reliability you need when you need it, with no mystery fees, no activation fees, and no contract ever. Simple Mobile. Out with the old, in with the simple. 5G-capable device and SIM required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. 5G network not available in all areas. 5G upload speeds not yet available.